This episode of the Nodotaku Gaming Podcast is a special one and I would like to dedicate it to a collaborator of mine and an advisor, a guide, an inspiration, Mr. Brian Wafula Barasa, who sadly passed on. He was the co-founder of the Nairobi Comic Con and a champion of nerd culture in Kenya and the region. I'd just like to thank him for everything that he did for his community and ours and for the role he had in my personal life as well. Thanks for being here, brother. Welcome everyone to a special episode of the Nerdotaku Gaming Podcast. Today we have a special guest and no, I'm not talking about my co-host Robin, even though he is very special to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm touched. (laughs) You get one compliment a year, Robin, one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, so our special guest is Sylvia Queen Arrow. How are you doing, Sylvia? I'm doing well and you? Yeah, yeah, doing pretty, pretty good myself, all things considered. Um, yeah, so I invited you on because um, I've been meaning to speak with you for a very long time, actually. Been following your progress from afar uh, for a while. Uh, a fan of everything you do. So does that? I think maybe let's let uh, Sylvia do a small intro of herself. Oh, that's true. I I forgot that not everyone. Maybe for some of our (laughs) listeners who are not familiar with her. Yes, just a short intro, Sylvia. Oh, long. I don't know. It's (laughs) (laughs) okay. So. Uh, my name is Sylvia Gathoni. I go by Kunaru in the Tekken space. Um, I'm a 23-year-old Tekken player and content creator from Kenya. Uh, currently signed to UYU Gaming. That's to say it's a team in from North America. Uh, if you're a Tekken player from Zambia, I'm sure you know UYU has some of the big names like UU, Anakin, Alohai, Jean Ding, just to mention a few. So I'm really honored to be honored among such great talent. Yeah, that is very impressive. Very impressive. So I just want to, I'm, I'm going to ask the basic questions and then Robin can ask the, the insider questions. I'm going to ask, like, how did you, like, as, a, as an African kid, right? Like, I know that access for most Africans, I would say, or should, maybe even Zambians, it's pretty hard to get games because they're quite expensive here so how did you like get into gaming the first time um okay for me uh, my exposure to gaming was through my older brother and cousin's influence um both of them were avid gamers so my background is like um my dad's actually a lawyer my mom's a designer so i'd say i had uh, access to a privileged and comfortable childhood where my books really uh, didn't mind buying us 
uh, some of these consoles so long as it didn't interfere with uh, schooling because you know a lot of african parents are all about education some of this stuff seems a bit too frivolous for them but they don't really mind as long as it doesn't interfere with school so a lot of my holidays were spent playing video games with my cousin and my brother and his best friends so um the very first memory of me playing a video game was me playing the duck shoot you know these duck shooting games from these cartridge games and stuff yeah. and then now um there was super mario there was contra there was tapa uh and just to mention some of these old school games then when my dad got us a ps2 um my brother had Tekken and Mortal Kombat so and King of Fighters so my, I because since my brother was in boarding school at some point so I had more access to the console and I started like I was determined to just be really good at these games so he'd come back from the holidays with his friend for the holidays with his friends then they'd actually kick me off sessions because I was be- <laughs> I was beating <laughs> at the game so I yeah, just um I was like I just want to be good at these games and uh, serve you know serve the damn sauce that's what I like to call it <laughs> I can only imagine like you you buy the game for yourself go to school come back and somebody just absolutely wrecking you <laughs> absolutely relatable story for me there yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it's always funny when that happens and uh, the the easy reaction is to pull the plug <laughs> my brother was in that pet he like he he just be like eh okay like you know he many friends be like eh silver just you know give us a chance let's go away go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame the term get good wasn't around at the time <laughs> Yeah, that's, um, just, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, we used to also fight, fight until my mom would come and say that she just threatened to take the console if she'd find us arguing over some of this stuff. So. <laughs> that's really cool. At least you had like supportive parents. Like I, I was also lucky that I had um, supportive parents. My, my upbringing wasn't as privileged, but um, they were like nerdy, I guess. So... I had access to the games cuz they were gamers, you know. So that was really cool and I would play with them and stuff like that. So that's that's really interesting. Another thing I'd like to ask like um based on like African culture like some of the other women I've talked to um you know there's a, this whole thing of like like household chores and stuff like gender roles they're still pretty strict here with like our African culture and some of the women I talked to have mentioned like Oh I can't stream at certain times like I can't stream from like 17 hours to 20 hours because I'm expected to cook at that time or something like that. You know, th- things like that. Have did you have any of those um issues? Uh yeah, to be honest, I still do. Okay, um there's some at some point uh the times I just ask my mom gently because she knows what I do. So she, she doesn't really like if, if it's really urgent like if I have a meeting uh with someone or I just need to stream that day I just tell her like hey mom I need to do this and this so kindly just cover for me for today and she's understanding enough but 
there are times like if it's not school uh, maybe just you know taking care of my sibling my younger siblings that is i i just have to put some of these issues off until you know this stuff of streaming and practicing off until uh, i'm you know until my mom comes home and stuff it's true that that's always a big issue and it's not both in terms of like gender roles just the general culture of like just living with people that that happens often where you know it's like oh it's gaming who cares but it's actually really encouraging to hear that it's it's nice and encouraging to hear that your that your that your mother is supportive of you on that front you know it could it's not just supporting but understanding that oh okay you know those are interests maybe we should just leave you be it's something i think uh, more parents could learn yeah yeah i agree uh, big ups to to mrs gatoni <laughs> for understanding <laughs> uh, so, she's actually called uh, one boy so she went up gatoni is my mother okay my dad's mom's name so oh okay oh okay i yeah. didn't know that oh is that like a a a, a cultural thing like is that how it works yeah uh kikuyu because my i'm the first born daughter i'm named for my dad's mom uh my younger sister is now the one named for my my mom's uh mom that is confusing <laughs> yeah it is just but it's just a kikuyu nini kikuyu thing okay i'm going to look that up actually that sounds very interesting Hey, you learn something every day. See Robin, see what happens when we get a guest who teaches us new things, not your trash fire takes. <laughs> Gosh. I'll ignore that for now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, um yeah, yeah, so so uh I wanted to ask how has your exp- I, I I don't know if you're allowed to share some of this information but uh, like how is your experience with uh, UIU been like uh, what kind of so, UIU is a big a big org a lot of us you know know UIU I I play Tekken myself so I I I know a lot of the players I know the size of I know that the org is pretty big so you know with speaking within what you're allowed to share uh you know what kind of support do have they like provided to you uh, what are some of the you know, the perks and you know behind the scenes uh, support and stuff which they've provided ever since you joined um honestly it's really been an amazing experience like for example they actually sent me some match within like my first two months with the org like You see this the, these astros that have always been eyeing but uh you know being the broke student I am I can't always afford um it's been really amazing that I actually get to use the you know this high end match and I hope it like sets a precedent for you know other companies to you know be as supportive of their players as they can on top of that um are they like chance to like organize events with uh that relate to UIU another fund you know just for, uh, fundraisers for at the events that matter to me like uh, this is the time we did for breast cancer month 
queen of the hill then um there was a charity stream with red um and they actually like really really supportive and they actually you know brought us when they told the stuff that this would be going on they actually some of the players actually came to to watch uh, the community so it's at least also helped me in shedding some you know light on the tekken slash african scene and and just on top of that it's just been amazing having a big org uh with a you know with a really open mind towards the african scene here yeah. that's really cool that, that that is really cool i think a lot of us when we heard oh you are you are sponsoring an african player i was like okay that's interesting and that's unique there's not many big north american orgs which do that sort of thing so it's most uh what can i say most esports teams and orgs with with players in africa are usually african made so because of that there there's some inherent limitations you know maybe not as much resources and all that stuff so you know when we heard that oh there's a kenyan player sponsored by uiu it's like wow that that's really interesting that's really cool i i want to see how this goes and where this goes from here i'm i'm excited to the future as well because you know there's many i'd say africa has some really talented players and i really hope that more more start you know following you know exit gaming and you were use examples and you know at least we see more of our players in the international stage okay my next question has to do this is coming from my perspective like uh, as somebody who's part of the Tekken community in Zambia uh, this is me being curious i want to find out uh, i guess the health and the state of your scene in Kenya especially during this covid time the way it is here we've got a not the biggest scene but it's a very tight knit scene we know each other very well and we're all really like close with each other but during this time of covid tekken's online has shown it's you know it's shown it's where tekken's online is bad it's really bad <laughs> yeah. with no offline events <laughs> with no offline events our scene has suffered as you know a reduced interest in the game and all that stuff so i want to know uh, how's your scene coping with uh, that sort of thing um okay so uh what happened when covid like hit last year in Mar- around march april um the the tournament organizers decided to move the events online so we started having this savanna fight night kind of thing to replace the taken to fight for circuit so what it is is basically that guys challenge each other then the last friday the yeah the, the last friday of each month we stream the events to on our twitch page then um the person who beats the other progress you know just progresses in the rankings so as a community i'd say we are we are we're more or less pretty tight knit um we we at least we share tech with one another we are for the most part supportive of each other and yeah as in i'd say things are going i'd say are going really well with the online events though a lot of us miss offline calls as you mentioned 
taken the net code is really really terrible it's terrible <laughs> it's bad it I, have bad. I have a question it needs to be killed with the fire all the fire kill it all the fire I have, like when someone when you guys say like this game's netcode is bad what what does that mean because like i play like overwatch and stuff and the only thing i think about is ping so what do you mean when you say netcode is bad um <sighs> i think robin might be a bit more equipped to answer uh, okay oh, what, what 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 did i say uh you see when both people's internet is fine usually you get a good match right mm. I'm, i'm really simplifying now you want good netcode for situations where yeah for fighting games you want rollback netcode instead of delay based netcode tekken uses delay based netcode uh, which I'm, i'm just i'm not i'm just going to really simplify it i just say delay based netcode is bad when the connection starts acting up you look at a slideshow with rollback that doesn't happen that's that, that, that's the basic system Okay, okay. That's fair enough. At least um at least I get it now. I get it now. But yeah. Listen, what you said about your scene being able to successfully transition to online, that's actually really cool. And I guess we've really struggled with that because the the internet infrastructure is, is you know, it's kind of really bad here. that and combined with you know not enough people having hardware which yeah which i also meant to ask do you mostly play on console or pc um majority of us are on console uh personally i'd really like to go to pc because of uh you know i feel that as a content creator myself sometimes i need to create that content and yeah uh, playstation tends to be a bit limited but a lot of guys here just on console like my as well as myself so yeah mm, yeah definitely plus you know a game like tekken as far as i know the pc version is is just straight up better uh, i remember in the first year there was that time when console tekken had the input lag and all that stuff like yeah, yeah. Uh, uh but is there a kind of like a divide like are there like maybe is it that those who play on pc don't play on console at all or or is it like no, those who do play on pc also have access to console hardware at time because when when the, when forced online you find that some people can't play at all because of that divide is is that divide there in your scene um okay I've, a lot of the guys who have uh, pcs i've noticed they do have consoles but i haven't really seen that divide and even if there is i don't i, I don't want to be the person to speak up when i don't have enough information about whether or not they're able to play on you know online and stuff so yeah that's yeah that's not entirely my specialty with the in limited information that I do have right now i will say like i played taken it's 7 right the, the current one isn't it mm. yeah i played that on pc with my friends and that was like really it ran really really well and like when it just launched i don't know if Like culturally i think in zambia taken is one of those accessible quote unquote zambian games you know what i mean robin like it's a it's a game you can just say you know 
more randomly and someone's going to be like, yeah, I know what that is. So it, it had a pretty, a fairly large player base in the beginning. So I think having it on PC and uh, consoles and stuff was a, a good move, like expanding its uh, player base. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thing is, even like worldwide, it really does seem like a lot of uh, events are moving on to PC. Like even Evil for Tekken is going to be on PC instead, which is you know it's it's different and it definitely feels like it's something that doesn't really take into account a lot of the African scene, where for the most part it does feel like console is still prevalent. Mm. Uh, that, that's how things are moving. Sooner or later, more stuff is going to be played on PC. That's normal, totally normal. Esports on the Steam Deck, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, um, has like for the scene, right? Like something that I know, I'm now coming at this as a, as an event organizer. Something that is usually a problem is like how expensive hardware is. Have you noticed any limitation? Like, has that? Do you think that's limited? The amount of people who play the game or how easy is it to access the game itself over there like is your exchange rate so bad that people can't just impulse buy the game you know what's been your experience with that um my personal experience is yeah the game and you know just getting access to hardware it's expensive especially due to the amount of tax that they government imposes so you find that uh, a lot of these games are out of the reach of ordinary kenyans but this is where gaming cafes kind of come and come in to mitigate the situation though if you also look at you know a, a lot of the people who access the, uh, and play these games are students so that also makes it a bit expensive especially uh trying to go to a gaming cafe um, then playing the game, then you have to pay by the hour, then you know you have to also factor in transportation to and from the central business district. So it kind of makes it a very expensive affair. Then, um, you know, it also explains why some of these games aren't, I'd say, popular. Like, if you compare the popularity of a game like FIFA to something like Tekken, Everybody knows FIFA. Football is a religion in Kenya and just generally throughout the whole of Africa. So everyone is going to go for FIFA. Mm, that's true. Even like say with uh, like the strides that you're making, I'm sure like at, at a certain point, like you've made a certain amount of waves. Has there not been a certain amount of like increase in um, uh, like interest in the game or in esports in general? Have you noticed any difference at all? Um, yeah, I've noticed there's been a bit of difference because a lot of people are, I'd say, more interested in Tekken, but I'd say my popularity seems to be more outside the country. But I've also noticed uh, more and more people are coming to become aware about esports here in Kenya because of, I'd say, the stuff that I've done and what the Tekken 254 community is also doing generally. Good to hear. Good to hear on that front. Yeah, uh, you mentioned something, something which you caught, which uh, caught my ear there. You mentioned a lot of your popularity has been overseas, so, which is, like I've said, it's really interesting to hear that sort of thing at all. 
yeah, getting a lot of attention overseas. Uh, and I'm guessing like most of it's mostly approached for interviews, like this one as an example. And is there like, what can I say? Is the, is the angle which the interviews are approached at, are they mostly approached at from, you know, the fact that, oh, you're, you're playing, you know, African female gamer and all that, or is there some interest actually in like the game itself that you play? Um, I'd say it's a mix of both. Um, first of all, I'd say, yeah, Tekken 7 is one of the most, I'd say, popular games, especially, uh, you know, the Tekken World Tour really helped it make it popular. Then with the rise of players like Aslanash, um, representing Pakistan. So there's that, I'd say there's also that angle. Then, you know, as I said, the African region is is really underrepresented in esports. So the fact that, you know, with the rise of the you know popularity of esports now uh, more and more people are looking at I'd say underrepresented regions. So like what the BBC the profile the BBC did on me uh, as well as CNN then France 24 the Asahi Shimbun just to mention a few uh, I'd say it's really I'd say helped uh, increase my profile as an you know as an African player and as a woman in esports. Yeah, just to add into that, as someone who's like a fan of of um, the F, like the fighting games in general, as as a viewer, I'd say Tekken, um, for me, took the sport of Marvel in that they did a lot to make it very fun to watch, like the um, I forget what it's called, the slow motion thing when you're about to KO. That's really in, like super exciting to watch. Like as a fan, like it's just it's so exciting, and even just the general presentation is just. I think it's a bit more slick, you know. So I, I at the moment for me, I think it's like the most fun game to watch. I'm a big Street Fighter fan, and I know that uh, Five isn't the best one, but like I'll still watch Tekken games because it's just the presentation is is better, and I think that's really helped the game's profile overall as someone who plays it professionally what do you think has made seven more popular within the scene and just with casual fans like is there anything that you've noticed like they changed this and this and so that's why i think it's popular um if you are to ask me i'd say a part of it has to do with the balancing of the game um to, as compared to other fighting games on the market Tekken seems to be the most balanced of all. That's not from a professional perspective, but they kind of dropped the ball with season three with Leroy and Fakuna. <laughs> I think Robin can, Robin relate. Like, can attest to that, kinda, yes. Yeah, it left a really bad taste in people's mouth. But outside of that, I'd say the game has been, I'd say, more or less balanced then. Um, as you mentioned, the presentation of the game to a casual viewer, it's yeah, it's been interesting because I never knew that, I I never experienced the slow motion gameplay thing in the previous iterations of the game. Um, then I'd say they've tried to make the game say more accessible to casuals by introducing 
some gameplay mechanics like basic combos then uh, easy to play characters like Katarina and I'd say Lucky Chloe uh, just what those are just some of the newer characters I know that are I'd say beginner friendly but still not the best way to introduce new people to the game and, Ooh, and the rage said, arts the rage arts are cool yeah, as well yeah it's uh, now a, you know a kind of a comeback mechanic which makes it really hype like yeah you have a sliver of health then you do something clutch you trigger the rage art you've you've come back <laughs> yeah it's true you know tag to uh Tag 2 was the learning game for a lot of us. A lot of us grew up on Tag 2. So and that game was hard as hell. Tag Tag 2 was was difficult like in so many regards in terms of just getting up off the ground in Tag 2 and then you get really floated and you die because you got really floated and then grab so hard to break. Tag 2 was just a hard game. So 7 is much more it's much more easy to get into for new players uh especially especially compared to tag 2 and then of course you know all the watchability things and uh you mentioned uh, easy to use characters i guess th- 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 this is a two pronged question one yeah. uh, which are the characters you you and like and two uh what's your opinion on them most adding easy to use characters i know a lot of a lot of the tekken heads in our scene generally don't like the dlc characters because they're mostly easy to use uh and they prefer like harder characters like steve and kazuya and all that stuff so like i, I wanted to hear your take on that um okay so the characters that i use um i use lars Alexander Son uh use Ling Xiaoyu um before Tekken 7 I was a uh, Christy Montero girl went through but yeah she's not in this iteration of the game so Lars Xiaoyu uh Kunimitsu um Leo Klesen and Lydia Sobieska um okay yeah um for me I tend to go for characters with Okay from a let's say a character development point of view I tend to go for defend of justice archetypes and cute girls so that and then uh I also love stance characters for some reason because I guess uh, I like the mind game aspect of the gameplay um then as for the whole idea of easy to use characters I th- think as long as the character is balanced i don't really mind too much about the execution so any feel there needs to be a balance in terms of i think you know with leroy he's easy to use then when he came out the girls for lack of a better word he was op and we all he know busted, that yeah If we know how Evo Japan turned out with 7 out of 8 characters people sorry 8 7 out of 8 players going for Leroy yeah then uh, with Fakumram he was actually banned in the Pakistani scene so that in a lot of itself see i i didn't even know that those were the easy to use characters i always thought like someone like Eddie has always been an easy character so like Eddie is very hard Eddie is one of the hardest characters 
he's just button much friendly but he's actually at a higher level of gameplay you are going to have a really hard time with him ah, i see i see but well, i use akuma so you know you <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing up the devil uh akuma is a controversial thing in Tekken 7 as you know i am as not a fan as Geese Howard, Eliza, Eliza Lesso. I'm not a fan of having 2D characters in Tekken. And I, I don't know. I, are you into them or if Tekken 8 ever comes out, do you want them gone? Of course I want them gone. These guys don't... Okay, outside of Eliza, the, the rest of these guys don't follow the rules of Tekken. Like, how does Geese have a party, you know, a party that even it also parries Rage Arts? and he'll kill you for that as well as have before he was uh nerfed in season 2 he had a counter hit down plus to that was sorry for lack of, that was just messed up then for uh, yes akuma yeah the guy let's let's even not go into that topic cuz i have a TED talk for days but these guys don't follow the rule of they don't follow the conventional rules of Tekken especially the idea of meter and I think I would barely tolerate them because of the execution barrier. Other than that, I do not want to see them in another Tekken game. Even Nigan also, he, the man needs to go. Man needs to go. <laughs> okay, look, I I don't mind Nigan. Uh Nigan's fine. He, he at least, you know, he doesn't jump or anything. He's fine, but the guy has a lot of okay, he's only good for learning how to use utilize platforms in the game. Other than that, the man has no reason to be in the game. Yeah. I I don't mind Negan or Noctis. I actually play Noctis as one of my side characters because at the very least they you know, they don't I don't think it's even is a high damage game, but they don't do that nonsense where they touch you and then all of a sudden 90% of your health is gone because they had meter and they do it with an unparryable with an unseeable low or anything like that it's uh, it, it it it's hell it, it is hell fighting against a good akuma is hell but much more than fighting is that i think it kind of make for me personally it makes it hard to watch like yes i play tekken but i also watch tekken and i i'm sure you remember was that um, 20 yeah 2019 twt towards the end when ice honey was becoming a thing and then there was those akuma mirror matches or akuma versus geese and i think that was just that was terrible to watch that I, was rad that was and, awesome <laughs> i i don't have just turn off my stream and that stuff was for, happening okay Dennis, from a casual point of view, it's fun to watch, but for someone, why, uh, as in, why is a street fighter or king of fighter character in our game? Like, I, and they're actually dominating the, you know, they're, they're dominating the, the tier list. Uh, it doesn't really make sense. And if you're talking about them being in a game, but they're not, uh, they weren't as OP as they were, fine. We, don't, we, we won't really have as many problems with them, but I mean, okay, let's even look at it from this point of view. Akuma, in his own game, has half a life bar because the developers know that he has a problem. 
<laughs> so you want to exactly. you want to argue that the man should have a full life bar and can kill you the touch of a baton if you're in, if he's in the hands of a good player in in my game in Tekken 7 <laughs> See exactly. no, 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 you no. Know, this is this is what you guys get for not allowing Tekken Cross Street Fighter to exist First of all Street Fighter Cross Tekken was an awesome game all you haters out there shush okay. We wanted Tekken Cross Street Fighter and you forced Harada-san to not make it. This is what you get. Sweet, sweet revenge. <laughs> Then is that clownery. We need to get you a clown nose on a Clownery. It's premium. I'm, I'm telling premium. you, man. This, 2D. 2D. 2D talk is controversial in the Tekken scene right now. It, 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 got, it got really toxic. Uh, you know there, of course there was a hint of racism because you know it was the pakistani players who were winning so there was yeah. that bit of a thing but like for the most part a lot of people didn't really don't like I, I don't like those 2d characters man yeah i don't think they will come back but i i, I can foresee how like i remember the hype that was there when noctis was announced like, that was like guest characters at a certain level of casual hype to certain franchises honestly if i was to add a guest character i'd add one where they can be a bit more creative not just say oh let's just get this 2d character why don't you get i don't know like maybe tifa from ff7 and you make her in tekken style or you get a guest from another 3d game the kasumi from dead or alive that sort of thing I don't know which um, kind of guest characters would you want? Ah, uh, okay, sorry. The whole idea of guest characters kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, so I've never really thought about it. But I agree if it's from a 3D game like Dead or Alive, that's fine by me as long as they're balanced in a way that doesn't leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth by the end of the life cycle of the game. What's your overall take True. been on the life cycle of Tekken so far? Because would it be correct for me to say it's nearing the end of its life cycle um honestly if you have actually been having this discussion with some colleagues of mine but i feel taken 7 it still has a lot to offer if the developers like took more constructive feedback because okay towards the start of season 4 they actually did something about the net code which lasted for I'd say around 6 7 weeks then the new patches came out then it took the net back the net code back to let me call it ground zero but i Makes feel they no came sense. <laughs> yeah so i'm really wondering if a lot of the events are going online and then especially the technical tour online so how are you going to allow people to you know play you know play in tournaments in when they you know the net code is in is barely playable as it is then i feel the game still feels a little bit incomplete especially the lack of off uh, proper offline modes like maybe team battle uh, maybe adding some more you know deal you know custom dlc customs for from previous iterations of the game goes but there's a lot they can do if they you know they took feedback a little bit more seriously because some of these are valid concerns but it's true it's true in terms of content Tekken 7 is definitely one of the weaker games and it's kind of an exception in the fighting game scene in general fighting games are usually 
excited to sell you stuff like more costumes and colors and customs. But in terms of DLC, Tekken is just stages and characters. So, and and that's kind of a problem because like we want new content that's not characters. This game has got what 59 characters, 60 characters. There's already more than enough characters, and there was avenues to add more content before we've gotten to this stage where people are kind of tired of the game. Uh, we've also had this discussion in our scene where a lot of us want a Tekken 8 at this stage. Not everyone wants a season five or all of that or anything like that. We don't know what the future of Tekken holds, but like uh, it, it, it feels like there was a missed opportunity with uh, stuff like DLC costumes and modes, which they could have added. Uh, yeah. And just to add on to that briefly before, Dennis, uh, I think also even even if they were adding new characters as DLC, there's also a missed opportunity to add like maybe why they weren't in the initial, you know, the initial release of the game. Like characters like Anna, maybe she was doing a secret mission for G Corporation. Maybe Leo was doing some investigations. I think if they added more, you know, like to the main story campaign, if they added like uh-huh. more yeah, story, true. that would make a lot more. It would make the DLC worth the price, if you ask me. So what you're yeah, saying is that you is, want Gone to come they, back? Sorry? So what you're saying is that you want Gone to come back? I did not. Gone is a joke. Fuck. <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It's funny they make those fancy trailers for the characters, but there's no story content. There's no like, oh, specialized endings for these DLC characters. Just okay, there's the character, use them. Like, wouldn't it have been cool if we, if we saw why Anna is in a, a funeral gown? Like, we we know it from the online profile, but we don't actually see it in game. Not everyone's going to read the profile. Would yeah, it a story I, mode with Fakum Run be cool? That sort of stuff, yeah. It's big missed opportunity for sure. Like, at this at this rate, Project Soul with Soul Calibur, they've actually beat uh, Bandai Nam. Sorry, they've beat the Tekken project on that because every time they release the DLC, they add tons of customs and then they actually add the story mode. Like, with Setsuka, uh, they had her new story mode, and it's actually pretty lengthy and interesting. Same to Cassandra Alexandra, uh, and same to guys like Hilde. So there's there's some ideas they could borrow off each other, in my opinion. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's true. That's very true. When you play, you play a game, you know, yeah, the different teams by the same company and the same publisher, and then there's just such a stark difference in terms of content. Like Soul Calibur has got all those uh, lore entries, the libraries, the individual story modes with the illustrations and the art for each character. And when they add a DLC, you get new content and stuff like that. And then the Tekken team, despite having a bigger budget, don't seem to do that. It's really like... Man, the blueprint is right there. Why don't you just copy from your own company? No one will get mad. You know, right? But 
Anyway, just hope this is something they may take into consideration for season five, or at least to the next second game, and maybe at least uh, at least listen to the feedback, especially in terms of the nothing of the movement. I wasn't really a fan of that. Um, I hope they can do something about that in the net code and just basic content. That's just my summary of what I feel they could do better. Do you think the next Tekken will be eight or it's going to be tag? And if it is, if it is tag, like, is there like a a, a significant difference in in play style at a pro level playing tag and playing the normal Tekken? Uh, Okay, I didn't actually get a chance to play tag two hours. Kind of busy trying to hack high school, but I've ha- I I did play it like very briefly, but not from a professional standpoint. So I can't really speak. Uh, I can't really give much, I'd say, information on that. All I know is what, from what guys like GDCR have been saying, they've nerfed the movement, and I don't really think people want the tag mode back because it kind of felt from what I had. Uh, it kind of felt bloated with all the, you know, the characters that were there. And as Robbie mentioned, it was really hard to get into. So from what I'm seeing, Namco wants to make the franchise a bit more easier for newbies to get into the game. What do you think, Robin? Did you, do you, do you still prefer the normal take to the, the tag one? Look, my opinion on tag is biased because of <laughs> a lot of bad memories good memories but there's good memories but a lot of bad memories of like man this is hard but uh i think we're definitely going to get a solo game next i think tag just had so much it's it just had so much going on and i think if we do get a tekken 8 I think, yes, it will be more accessible, but they may bring back, I mean, maybe, for example, I think the movement might be kind of, will probably be buffed, maybe back to tag level, because, you know, like in tag, if you're moving, it's like you you fly in that game, you really backdash and you sidestep like crazy. And then Tekken 7, they nerf that. So I think uh, if we get a Tekken 8, maybe they'll, make movement better but they won't re but you know okizemi they won't change back you know what okizemi is right please tell me you know what okizemi no i don't is that 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 back and forth dashing thing you're supposed no uh it's more of uh how you you as the character get you know how you get up in the game basically oh okay okay but on the ground okay yeah 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 okay okizemi in tag two was hard because wake up options where you know were less safe they now were in Tekken 7 they're much safer so i don't think they'll revert to that but i think the movement itself maybe that will be buffed to the way it was intact okay i mean i hope i'm not remembering this wrongly but couldn't you multi-tap on the ps2 Tekken tag and play four players is that am i making that up is that no, something you could. I made up? you could you right know, you could do that on PS2 and you could do it on PS3. You know, it was a pair play, which was pretty fun. That was fun. See, that's my memory of tag. And then when you, certain characters had like special tag combo things, 
like special animations that was cool to watch and play so that's my memory of tag all my memory of tag is all the characters are there and this is fun and i get to play bake and warang and that's awesome so <laughs> yeah I, i think a lot of people like all that sort of stuff that's not really you know tag to flop but it flopped for 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 different reasons than than that could we could go on a whole case study on my tag to flop then I'm, I'm not going to go into that now i don't think that now's the time <laughs> fair enough fair enough i wanted to find out like um sylvia like what um when you're not playing tekken because I, i have a feeling it might feel sometimes like a job which it probably is so when you're not playing tekken like what other games do you actually enjoy to play Um mostly an action adventure kind of girl. I'm a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Oh yeah. Creed. Tell Robin yeah, how good Assassin's Creed is. Tell him. I like um, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of the direction they've been taking and that's a whole other TED talk. Uh the, R- I, the I RPG think... direction. Yeah, I feel there's some mistakes they're making and Okay, as I said that's a whole TED talk that I don't know if our time will allow. But I'm also a fan of the Ghost of Tsushima games. I'm really excited for the new expansion that's coming out and I okay, I'm just just no a fan girl of the Ghost of Tsushima franchise. You'll actually find me playing you'll find me playing it a lot on stream as compared to Tekken. I also enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm excited for the new Forbidden West game. Uh yeah, that and also the Tomb Raider franchise, Devil May Cry, King of Fighters and Street Fighter and Soul Calibur and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm actually very interested taking you back to this Assassin's Creed talk. Which one in the franchise is your favorite? Uh, and why oh that's like asking me to choose my favorite kid but okay each assassin and each era had something to bring uh but if you're to honestly ask me i'm torn between altair uh the, that's the very first assassin's creed i'm torn between the exo trilogy and the black black flag Uh, Edward, can we? Personally, okay. Black Flag is my favorite. Black Flag is not a yeah. real Assassin's Creed game. Okay, so <laughs> those are fighting words. It's a pirate those game. He's literally cosplaying as an assassin for ninety-five percent of the game. Yeah, but if you played the third assassin's creed game and read the book he actually becomes a master assassin and is killed by reginald but then haytham kills him for that later on so yeah he's still at, an assassin. at the end he becomes an assassin but in all of assassin's creed black flag he's just cosplaying but <laughs> okay, listen to me the look, man is masquer- he masquerades as a templar so he might be a tech te- technically a templar then he becomes an assassin he actually let me call him a mercenary then he actually starts to believe in the creed then he becomes uh-huh. a master assassin then he's killed by a templar 
then his son he who's a templar gets revenge so he's an assassin through and through he he, he, he ticks all the boxes of what you'd expect an assassin to go through just because he doesn't start like one doesn't mean it's not the assassin's creed hey, exactly so. let me tell you about my boy ibn lahad who from the get go <laughs> believes in the creed and actually gets betrayed by the creed and makes a new version of it that's my boy that's my game uh oh okay. and i agree but altair was actually lord which I actually like because he broke the first uh the you know he actually broke alternates of the creed there you know do not uh, stay a blade away from the flesh of the innocent hide in plain sight and do not betray you know reveal the brotherhood he does that all three in the first 15 minutes of the game <laughs> legend and then he he's taken back to becoming a you know let me just call him he's taken back to blue ranks let's talk I, is it not blue ranks teal ranks robin will understand the whole reference yeah he, he got demoted <laughs> yeah he got demoted <laughs> then the guy walks back his way back to master assassin then um after getting the apple of eden he the man he did a lot he did a lot for the brotherhood yeah no i i really like that first game i think for me it's just uh, it's very much nostalgia and it's the, i think i was telling robin in a tweet like it's the first game that um the first time i saw it like it it, it wowed me because it seemed impossible the the crowds the ability to climb anywhere like that's the first time i felt like wow like i i didn't think this was possible with video games like i thought we had reached the peak with ps2 stuff and then you see assassin's creed you're like how is this even real so for me like in my head the assassin's creed one in my head is way better than what, what what it probably looks like in real life and that's why i'm never going to play it again because i want that memory to remain like that <laughs> and honestly it actually heralds back to a time where ubisoft had its artistic integrity not the hoochies they are right now sorry to use the word <laughs> oh be soft oh be soft oh be soft indeed <laughs> yeah yeah i can understand if you're not happy with what assassin's creed is because you know now now they are basically witcher clones and I can understand it's not for everyone. I like both the old and the new Assassin's Creed games because I'm easy to please. I it's very hard for me to hate a game. <laughs> Difficult for for a game to do so many things wrong that I actually hate it, but I definitely like I understand a lot of the people who don't like what Assassin's Creed is right now. I see um, their point of view. Okay for me it's not that I necessarily dislike the RPG gameplay I actually have as I said I have most of the Assassin's Creed game including Odyssey and once I get the PS5 I want to get Valhalla what I don't like is even it's just they keep contradicting their own law for one it kind of makes it uh, really annoying especially now with the new gameplay mechanics of choice I don't understand how the aspect of choice is when to work with the animus historical aspect that's what's like really pisses me off if they wanted to take an rpg direction and yet mix it with the old gameplay mechanics like you know uh 
pickpocketing missions over yeah the social status uh, overhearing missions and stuff like that that would make sense and then the aspect of you know choosing your gender if they wanted to include that in the modern day storyline like you could play as a female version of Desmond like you either choose as you know Desmond or let's call her, like, for the purposes of this is to call her Diana Miles that would make sense then you know uh if they wanted to also incentivize people to explore the you know the historical stuff um they would say like the more you explore the more context to get for some of the missions and those uh the more the exploration actually has an impact on your choices that would make more sense and i think it would honestly be revolutionary then add some mass effect gameplay where you can carry over your choices from one game to the other that would it would be mind blowing and i'd actually love the game more, more but right now they've decided hell to hell with it all <laughs> They don't care about those of us who like the the like real world anime story. Like I knew that and you know where I knew that they don't care about the real world anime story? Black Flag. That's where I knew they stopped yeah. caring. So <laughs> like you you kind of have to be like into like the books and the comics and online media <sighs> stuff to to get the lore stuff because they just want they just want to get the main audience of like Witcher type fans and stuff like that which is is fine got to make that paper somehow uh, yeah, yeah i'm not ex- i'm not against companies making money but i feel a billion dollar company like ubisoft there needs to be some aspect of the artistic integrity in my opinion because you know with when you have more money you have more choices that's uh, that's always been my opinion and i feel that the fact that the let me call it neglecting these franchises it and just cuz they want to give their ceos an you know million dollar sweeteners it <sighs> yeah this is where i going to rant about how capitalism is a fucked up system but i don't to divert from the topic wow dennis you've got a friend hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, to avoid the the rants continuing, I'll just say uh I guess we can close with like um I'll ask like what um what like what what would you say your um I guess this is a hard hard turn. What would you say like your your dreams and goals are for yourself, for your local scene, for esports in general? Like what 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 are your goals and dreams? Well, okay. so my goals and dreams currently in the esports scene. Um, I've always wanted to be, I'd say, the most recognized esports athlete from the African region. Um, then as a Tekken player, I want to be among the, you know, among the greatest players to come from Africa. And I've always wanted to go for the title of Shao Yu. I want to be the Shao Yu of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> like anyone says yeah you know talks about Ling Shayo there's like oh but there's this girl who plays Shayo she's from Kenya she's really good at you know she's really good amazing with her so that's always been a goal of mine then I want to bug my I'd say my 10 plus grand endorsements and sponsorships then for my local scene I really um because this it's not only it doesn't only apply to Kenya but just 
Africa, I really want us to be recognized as a region with, you know, a lot of, not just potential, just we know we have the talent and want us to be considered for multi-WT events and, you know, even with the Capcom Pro Tour, I really want us to have, I'd say, more or you know more stops here in africa then same to just even with the fps games i really want us to have more servers here because christ in heaven there's no way our scene is green without it. <laughs> very very true very, that's something i'll tell you what that's the server thing is something that i bark about whenever i have a chance whenever someone who's got influence in that feud or whatever has an ear i'm like yo servers so <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for coming on today. It was nice to finally talk to you. Um, I hope we can continue to converse online and so on. And yeah, I'll continue rooting for you in all your endeavors. Yes, it's been a pleasure, definitely. But uh uh i would also while you're here i'd like to plug my friend maybe you know him uh a leader in our scene lord nemesis uh yes i've heard of him actually uh but if you have any of his links i'd like to get a hand a hand on the zambian taken scene definitely he he uploads sometimes sometimes he uploads various games but also mostly Tekken and what I want to see is I'd like to see the two of you in an in a first to five one of these fine days wow that sounds like something that Neurotaku should organize huh yes 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 <laughs> so if if you I, I, I'm I'm just you know while you're here I'm going to maybe get the wheels moving I, i'm sure he'd be delighted as well few of you to nemesis listening to this and going wow this guy just straight up made, made a challenge for me when i didn't want <laughs> pikachu <laughs> face and all <laughs> I, I have faith in my boy <laughs> yeah now that's gonna be fun actually do you have anything to plug sylvia um, I'd, I'd say many things I really have to plug on my Twitter, my Instagram, my Twitch, my YouTube. Uh, please follow me there. Just type in the Queen Arrow 98 for Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. And for Inst- for Twitter, just type Queen Arrow. I'll definitely show up on the search results. Um, th- and uh, thank you so much for having me here uh, it was really an enjoyable conversation and i really hope to meet you know like chat with you guys some more about uh the zambian scene the kenyan scene and just generally the african scene and one of the days i really hope i can come through to zambia not for sure for sure all right sylvia robin thanks for the chat and uh yeah 